grace, peace, and joy. Those are the words that come to mind as I listen to this week's interview. We got in touch with Brandon, Nancy Kay's son, and he helped connect us with Nancy for a follow-up chat. I'm so grateful to have this opportunity to check in with Nancy and to catch up on how she is truly authoring the last chapter of her life, full of grace, peace, and joy. This is Dying to Tell You. Nancy, first of all, I mean, the first question I have is, how are you feeling? Oh, I feel really good. Ten times better than what I did when I talked to you the first time. No kidding. I went so, off a chemo. I know. It was not long after we talked the first time that you decided to go off of chemo. I mean, maybe just a few weeks, really, after we talked, you decided yeah. not to do any more chemotherapy. Will you tell me a little bit about that decision? Oh, I was just sicker than a dog all the time and lots more weight and everything else. And and do, and my doctor was afraid she's going to kill me. And I was afraid <laughs> she was too. So I thought, <laughs> well, what's the point, you know? Yeah. But my, my cancer markers came down from like 4,300 to 1,300. So I think okay. it kind of threw me into a remission, but not completely. Because I still right. have ascites and all that stuff, but I feel so much better, and now I have an appetite, and I, you know, can gain a little bit of weight. Uh huh. Well, yeah. So the the chemo that you were doing was obviously effective, and also making you pretty sick. Yeah. I don't know if you listened. I did a little uh, a little episode, kind of a reflection on our discussion, just me talking about what I kind of learned from you and the decision about, I mean, if you're afraid somebody's going to kill you, then obviously you stop the treatment. Yeah. <laughs> but that decision to say, you know, the burdens of the treatment and all of the, the things that are making you feel terrible all the time versus the benefit of the treatment, which is hopefully making your cancer markers go down. Yeah. That's a real personal decision and I think that, uh, I mean, the way I feel about it is either way, if you decide to keep doing the chemotherapy or if you decided to not do the chemotherapy, it's a brave decision to make. It's a, it's a difficult decision and it's courageous to, to choose either one, really. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess when you made that decision to stop the chemotherapy, were you worried at all that you weren't going to be getting that treatment anymore? So the cancer is going to you know, do the cancer thing? No, I wasn't. I, I value quality over quantity of life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've had yeah. a wonderful, wonderful life since then. And it's longer than anybody ever thought. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's really interesting that, that you stopped the chemotherapy and then you've had lots of months since More. then and you feel better than you have and uh than you had when you were doing the chemotherapy much um what what have you done since since you stopped chemotherapy tell me a little bit about the things that you've done went to the buffalo bill museum heart mountain chief uh, joseph highway and then my husband came over to cody and um he and ted when ted got off and we just had 
a great time over there for a day or two. And altogether, it was about four days. And um, uh -huh. I got to see all the fall colors, which were beautiful this year. Yeah. And we just enjoyed it so much. And they took good, such good care of me. I mean, you know, helping me at the wheelchair and all that. It was just, it was wonderful. And it was just one of my yeah. things on my bucket list. Oh, I, really? I hadn't gotten to go to um, Buffalo Bill Museum for like probably 30 years. Well, that's so changed oh, wow. since then. Oh, it was fun. And they had electric carts that didn't quit, you know, like they do in Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> and well, that's have, good. Good on them. Yeah. So that was nice because... That would have been hard to push those wheelchairs up those ramps to different levels. Yeah. Those, yeah. Those wheelchairs, those uh, electric cars just went right up. It was, oh, it was so much fun. And then since then, I've gotten to, we went down to the Casper for Thanksgiving, and my two sisters and brother were there. Yeah, that's so great. Yes. Texas, and the other two are from here. And we had a, wonderful time brandon and ted are wonderful hosts you know it just that's so true fun that's so great and then um, i get another christmas at least yeah yeah you know so yeah and christmas is my favorite time of year i saw that you had been to a casino yeah lost did you win anything i put in there <laughs> which was about 25 cents <laughs> I'm I'm not a gambler, <laughs> but it was fun. <laughs> I can see how people get really uh, hooked on that grabbing that thing on the side because I didn't put <laughs> buttons. I used that. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, you want the real deal. Yeah, but it was fun. That's so great. That's great. Walls came down. Walls that were holding us. They've been holding us in without a place to call home And it's burning down in the fire when, when we had talked before, you and your siblings were uh, trying to write, write stories. Um, did y'all did y'all compare those stories when you were all together at Thanksgiving? Yes, and then we made a video. Oh, did you really? And it turned out really good. My niece is sure a pretty did. good video person, and she videotaped it. It lasted about 45 minutes or something. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And Christmas is coming up, so you're getting another Christmas. Yes. What are y'all going to do? Well, we're going to have a pretty quiet one. Um, Brandon and Ted are coming up, too, and we're going to uh, cook up prime rib. And uh, Me, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Just kind of have a quiet Christmas. They need a, a break. And Thanksgiving, yeah, they a lot of work. Yeah. And yeah. then they came yeah. up this weekend because we had a family Christmas party at my sister-in-law's house. And that's a lot of work, too. Nancy, you are cramming a lot of partying into the last little part of your life here. You bet. <laughs> It's so great. I have to drink non-alcohol things, but I may manage. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. 
I know you're not doing chemotherapy anymore. Kind of the um, regimen of uh, making sure that you're feeling comfortable. What's what's that like? Are you on a lot of medications and things like that? You know, I still have no pain. I still have no nausea or vomiting. No kidding. No kidding. And that goes along with pancreatic cancer. Yeah. Badly. I mean, you're... But I've been blessed. Yeah, that's really great. No pain at all, huh? No. Well, I have some edema in my legs, but I'm diabetic also. And the chemo just blew that up. But it's yeah. much better, too, than it was. That's good. That's great. So the the most... I mean, the thing that's bringing you the most discomfort would be the ascites and the and the swelling in your legs. Yeah, the ascites doesn't even bother me. I mean, we drain it every week or every day. You you have? Do you have you have a catheter? Yes, in my stomach. Okay, and I yeah. Have uh, my husband drains it every day. We yeah. do quite a bit, like thirty one hundred cc's. So so much. I know. Yeah. You didn't know you could produce that much liquid, huh? No, I didn't. And <laughs> and I still get so thirsty, you know, but yeah. That's okay. Sure. When uh I guess I should ask um are you are you connected to a hospice or are you being followed by a hospice yes, team? I am. How is that? Oh, it's awesome. The nurse I have graduated with Brandon and she's just a sweetheart, and we've gotten to be really good friends, too. That's really and neat. She's no, really so a good great. nurse. Yeah. And she keeps on top of everything. Well, I, I think it would be helpful um, to people who might listen to this to hear a little bit about maybe how often you see your hospice team and um, how long have you been connected to the hospice where did you connect to the hospice right after you stopped the chemo? Um, probably about three weeks after. Okay. Because they gave me a choice of having um, home care or hospice. Well, I decided I didn't want any more treatment. And so right. hospice comes in three times a week and helps me with the shower. And her and I have become friends, so we visit quite a bit, you know, and it's fun. Yeah. And she that is yeah. wonderful. And uh, is it is it a nurse that comes out three times a week? Yes, the same nurse. And um, you've been on hospice while you've been doing all these things. Yes. Is that right? Yes. They say do whatever you can and and want to while you have the time. The only difference is between hospice and home care is if I get really sick or anything, I have to call them before I go to the ER. Right. And they right. will send somebody here or talk over the phone and then go to the ER. And it's mostly for comfort care, not curative care. Right, right. Yeah, I think um, a lot of people think hospice is for the very end of life, which of course it is. But what you're describing and what you've shown us is that when somebody has the support of a hospice team, you can still go out and do whatever you want, whatever you can, yeah. and they continue to help you and you know make sure that you're feeling comfortable and are very supportive of you doing whatever you yeah. want. I think people think of hospice and a person 
being in bed all day long. And um, it seems like you haven't bed <laughs> you haven't been no. in bed hardly at all. Sounds like <laughs> no. And I don't have pain medication yet at all. That's really yeah, nice. Which is great. For one thing, pain um, medication makes me loopy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, it sounds like uh, you've got the the best of both worlds. Meaning, you're not you're not being made to feel bad by the treatment, and you're not feeling the cancer's not making you feel bad either. They're doing a really good job of managing everything, and you've been you know lucky to not have pain from the cancer. Yeah. It's more than luck. It's That's a blessing. A... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm. I'm very happy for you. Oh, I am. Everybody is too. Woke up this morning with the sunrise in my eyes. Just like a new day, a breath of fresh air in my life. I don't know how, don't know why, but I. I'll be toasting all my life I got a lot of lovely feedback about our conversation before. What what has been surprising or that people told you about the conversation? What was the feedback that people gave well, to you? Well, there were two separate ones that really surprised me. One of them was a complete stranger. I don't know her, but she was losing her mother and had lost other people too. And she wrote and she said that that conversation that she listened to just gave her so much hope and and comfort. Well, what mm. else could you ask for? You know? I and know. then the other girl, her sister was killed in a motorcycle accident about a week before and Brandon and I went down to her memorial service and it was in a little church where I couldn't go up into the church because I can't I can't walk upstairs and she came down and uh, told me that that conversation on that website was just so helpful for her oh, so it really that's really it made great. me feel really good I love that I love that. You are uh, a wonderful example of the great things that can happen at the end of somebody's life. I mean, you're you're doing all these things and you're seeing all these people and, you know, really, I feel like you're um, kind of wringing out the, <laughs> the last little bits of, of joy that you can. Um, and I think people can miss that if they're not paying attention. And I think the more we talk about it and the more we think about it before it's our turn, the better chance we have at, you know, having a, a meaningful last little bit of life. And I think you're just, you're doing such a good job. <laughs> and people come, my coworkers that I worked with, you know, for years, they come and visit me for a few minutes a bit at a time. And, and it's just wonderful. And I haven't even seen them for years, you know. Of course, I see yeah, him more now yeah. than I do when we were working. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so great. I think I would be. Uh, it would be a mistake not to ask. Um, how How long do you think you're going to live? 
as long as the Lord allows. I don't know. Yeah. No clue. No clue. Well, it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like you're slowing down at all. I know. I know. Do you think about um, how it will be when the time comes? It'll be very peaceful. I've accepted it. Um, I'm not afraid. I'm not mad at anybody. I don't hold grudges about anything. And I've let go of any kind of uh, negativity in my thoughts and life. That Yeah. And, it, and it's like a, a breath of fresh air. Mm. Has that been a process for you? Kind of coming to that place? Not really. I don't, I don't think I would, I think I didn't hold grudges or anything anyway. You yeah. know, if somebody slighted me, I just ignored it and went on. But not very many people ever have. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine. I, I guess I want to ask if there's, if there's anything that you would tell somebody who's kind of in a similar situation, any kind of advice or um, something that, that you would tell to somebody who's getting a, a new diagnosis of a terminal cancer or something like that, what, what advice would you give to them? I think I would just tell them to enjoy what life you have, kind of ignore the pain, um, and trust in God. Mm. Yeah. It's hard to do. Trusting that everything is going to be okay is is really hard. And it seems like you've really, um, well, it seems like you've gotten it down. How, how did you get to that place? Do you know? Well, part of it was working with people for 40 years in a hospital, you know, yeah. and seeing death. And death is not yeah. the worst thing that can happen to you. Living with yeah. with constant pain and anger and resentment and stuff like that far worse than the, than the thought of death. To me, death is kind of a release of that. Mm. Yeah, I've heard people talk about it as um, like taking off a tight shoe. Yeah, kind of a relief. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it's it's like. I feel sorry for people who they're taking care of a parent or a loved one and they can't let go and they blame yeah. everything on it. And yet they're, they're so wound up in the pain of it, they don't get the joy out of it. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, I think that's the point of all of this for me is that we don't get to choose the circumstances that we're dealt. No. And you certainly didn't choose to have pancreatic cancer. No. And a lot of people, and I mean, no judgment from me, I, but a lot of people choose to spend their time and emotional energy wishing that the circumstances were different when you can't change the circumstances. No. And it's um, not within your power to do that. Right. And, the choice then becomes, you know, do I spend all my time and emotional energy wishing things were different than what they are, or do I accept that things are as they are and just do what's next 
that's you know in line with my values and who I am and that seems like that that's that's what you've done even from the beginning it seemed like to me you just said well I have cancer and I'm gonna take chemotherapy to try to live longer because the quality of my life is really good right now and I want to um, I want to live as long as I can, as long as the quality is yeah. there. And then at some point, the quality wasn't there anymore. And you said, well, I don't want to do that anymore. So I'm going to change and I'm going to not do that and see if I can get my quality back. And you yeah. did. And then you've just done the next thing. And I think it's a lovely thing. It's very beautiful the way that you've turned that uh, acceptance into something really, really meaningful and um, joyful at the end of your life. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Well, when you have something to look forward to all the time, it really does help. Yeah, well, yeah. To, you know, Christmas is coming and that's my favorite thing. And I haven't been able to decorate and do the Christmas stuff like I used to. But Brent came up mm -hmm. and help me drag all that stuff upstairs and, and get it out. And so my house is a little bit Christmassy. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Is there anything you seem so happy and joyful. Is there anything that's worrying you? You know, sometimes other people's reaction to things worry me, you know, like uh, old resentments and stuff that people can't let go of. Mm. They kind of worry me. Okay. Has that, is that something you've been encountering? Yes. Are you saying that you're worried about people that you love who you think are going to carry on with resentment in their life yeah I okay am. yeah you've talked in the first interview a little bit about how your husband uh and brandon were um hurting uh because you're sick and coming to the end of your life how has that been for them are they uh in a different place now than they, they were they are especially brandon he didn't think I was going to make it through the summer. I mean, yeah. as sick as I was. And Bob, he's the eternal optimist as far as good things, you know. He he knew that things were going to be okay, you know. Or he was praying for it hard. I'm not sure yeah. which. But he never did bring me down at all. Neither one of them yeah. did. Yeah. So my husband takes me everywhere. Gets me out, gets out of the car with my walker, goes in and, and helps me sit down at a table if it's at a restaurant or something, and then skedaddles out of there because the gals want him to stay. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, my husband is very high voltage, and he's very, very worried about me, of course, but he's also um, angry about the whole situation, too, you know. Yeah, Not me, yeah. But, but just in general. Yeah, that's kind of like what we were saying earlier. Some people do choose to, you know, be upset about the circumstances. And um, I think understandably so when it's your wife of 
how many years? 60 years? 62. Yeah. It, I would I would probably be angry for a little while. Yeah. It would be hard not to. But he realizes yeah. that everybody's got to go through this, even him, when he gets to that point. There was a point in his life where he was sick enough that I was really worried about him, too. Right. Yeah, I remember you talking about that. Yeah, in fact, you you had thought that he was he would die before you would. Yeah, I, I guess my I'm wondering, um, have you talked at all to them about your thoughts about dying or how you want it to be, or have they talked to you? Do they do they talk to you about those oh, things? Oh yeah, Brandon, he took me up to the funeral home and we picked out a plot and bought it and. Um, I've got a spot up there for cremains, you know, and everything's taken care of down to the last T. That's great. Are you hoping to to stay at home and, and die there at, at your house? Yes, I think so. Unless I was in a whole lot of pain, then I'd rather go to the hospital and have them control that. Sure. Uh, have you talked to Bob about that, about being at home yeah. when you die? Yes. He thinks that's okay? And he's for And so is Brandon. Oh, yeah. I assume we'll, you'll want him to be there with you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I want one on three sides of the bed holding my hand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I can't think of anything else that... Um, that I'm wanting to ask you. I'm taking up a lot of your time. I really appreciate you talking to us. Um, is there anything else that you want to say about any of this? I just hope that it helps people who are not as sure of themselves as I am. I hope so too. And um, I really hope that this can help inform people about the way that you can choose to do treatment if you want, and you can choose to stop that treatment if you want, and you can still live a very full life um, even when you're sick. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just think that uh, it's a really a really great example of what can be. And um, not only that, but I think the your description of hospice and being on hospice while continuing to do all these things uh, will probably help people feel a little bit better about choosing hospice when the time comes. And I hope everybody's as good a win as we do. Yeah, well, people that are working in hospice, they're special people. They are. And they... They get into it not for not for fame and fortune. They get into it because they really care about people and right. uh, and and they're wonderful. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Almost every hospice that I've ever encountered, they get great reviews because they're caring people and they really do take care of people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we did it. Well, good. Comes <laughs> 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 out good. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm excited for people to hear that you're doing so well. And uh, maybe we'll do it again. Yeah. You can tell us how your Christmas was, if you got everything you wanted. <laughs> I can't think of one thing I want. <laughs> it sounds like no, you already have it. I haven't gotten over the commercial side of Christmas. Now it's yeah. the real yeah. meaning of Christmas. Yeah. This Christmas should be very special for that. Yeah.
So there you go. My gift to you this holiday season is a peek into the possibility of living a full life. And my hope is we all start now. May your holidays and all your days be filled with grace, peace, and joy. Thank you to Nancy, and thank you for listening. As always, if you or a loved one is living with a life-limiting or terminal illness, we'd like to tell your story. Please get in touch with us on our website at dttypodcast.com. This is Dying to Tell You.